I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for returning to listen to another episode. Today, I want to talk about job security. I have heard a lot of people on social media or podcasts talking a lot about uh, job security as a business owner, what if I get hurt? You know, I'm out here solo. What if I get hurt? What if I get injured? I've heard a couple stories. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things that I think about constantly. And so I want to, I want to just talk about that today because it's, it's definitely a big, a big issue to think about when you're solo out here. Uh, working in your landscaping or lawn care business because we do work in a very physical business and so you have to you have to think about these things and uh, along with that is is job security and, but my thinking is different than most okay and I'm not totally different but it is different okay and I'm going to explain that as we go along here. And I, I really want you to, to think about, about this situation and really dissect the whole issue of job security down to its basic fundamental form. Okay, so let's start off here with thinking about the employee. Okay, envision yourself as an employee. Maybe you're doing your lawn care business on the side. Maybe it's a side hustle. And, and so you're employed right now. Okay. Let's, let's look at this as a, a lawn care employee. All right. So I get hurt on the job. There are things in place. My employer has things in place like, um, Oh, what do they call it? Disability. Okay. Disability insurance. Uh, and so I'm taken care of. All right. However, myself as an employee, an at will employee, I can be fired at any time for any reason at the owner's discretion or the manager's discretion. All right. If I screw things up too, too bad or whatever, for whatever reason, I can be let go. And it's, it's a big, it's a big thing to think about because now you really don't have any job security at all. You've got none because as a lawn care business, we all know things can go, can go south with business. And so we need to to put things in place as business owners, but we're, we're looking at this right now from an employee standpoint. And so I can be let go at any time for any reason that's at will employment. You can quit at any time for any reason. I can fire you at any time for any reason, right? That's at will employment. So there's, there's no job security there. 
especially if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the business owner's life or in the business in general, because things happen. People are people. Mistakes are made. And so that business could go out of, out of business or you could just be let go. Okay, so that's that's the first scenario. Yeah, you could get hurt, but you're actually protected if you get hurt. I can't let you go if you have been hurt on the job because, you know, you're, you're in my employ and I have insurance to cover that type of, of thing. So I can't really let you go. There's laws against that. All right, because that would be kind of a jerk move to do anyway. All right. And then I, I, I've thought about this over the last couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks since I did a podcast and I, I've really been been mulling this this whole issue over in my head, thinking about myself as a solo entrepreneur working in my business and on my business. I'm the only employee of my business. So I'm, I've really been thinking about this as people continue to talk about it on social media, YouTube, podcasts, things like that. And I, I, I've, I've just got this thinking in my brain that maybe some people aren't thinking this all the way through. They're saying that, you know, an employee doesn't have job security. Well, you know what? An employer really doesn't have that much job security either. Now, they have more than an employee. I'll give you that. And there are things in, that you can put in place to, to try to mitigate that risk. But an employer is actually at more risk than an employee. An employee owns nothing of the company. He can just go out and get another job. That's, that's fine. He's out nothing other than a paycheck. An employer, if they screw things up, maybe they get audited by the IRS and they haven't been taking care of their books and they owe a ton of taxes. Well, guess what? You have a couple of choices. You can liquidate. You can try to work through. Or... You can just close up the business and then guess what? Your job security is poof, it's gone. As an employer, your job security is gone. Your job is gone. You're not secure in your employment. And, and nobody talks about this, okay? So let's say that I am an employer with employees and we just kind of went over this. If I mess up, and I'm not taking care of my books on the back end, and I'm screwing things up in the office, and all of a sudden I get audited, and I owe thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in back taxes to the IRS, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And so your job security, it, it, it's a myth. Job security as a whole is a myth. Employers take risk. That's what we do. As an entrepreneur, you're taking on a lot of risk. There are things you can do, like I said, to mitigate that risk by working hard, making sure that you know 
the back end of your business, like the back of your hand, putting people on the bus that know what they're doing as far as bookkeeping and, and accounting and things like that. Those are things that mitigate risk. So you could, you could be healthier as a business. However, let, let's take a former employee or employer of mine, okay? He went on a missions trip to the country of Moldova. And this was a construction job, okay? So he went and volunteered his time with a group of men to help build an orphanage or a church. I don't remember which. It, this was 20 years ago now. And he was up in the rafters doing something. This is Moldova, okay? This is like a third world country type of thing. And he fell and broke his hip in a foreign country. He doesn't speak the language. The The paddy wagon, the, the old ambulance comes, and this was like a 1950s ambulance, comes, picks him up, you know, they jostle him around. He's in a lot of pain. He's screaming. Now, I wasn't there. This is secondhand information, okay? But this was a former employer of mine, so, and he's also a second cousin, but that's beside the point. And so they put him inside this ambulance. They are racing through through the city and the back doors of the ambulance fling open as they're driving to the hospital. This is just so crazy. Now thankfully he didn't roll out of the out of the ambulance, but he very well could have. They get him there. He spends 6 months to a year recuperating after surgeries and and uh being airlifted to Germany and he owns a a business and thankfully he did have employees he also had insurance so his business continued to run but it was shaky there it was shaky there for a minute now the same employer a few years later had an accident where the business completely burned down. Everything was lost. It was a 100% loss. And this employer, the business burned. I mean, this was a pole barn. We built mini barns inside this pole barn. Plus, we were also a lumber yard. And so somebody was working on a bobcat inside of our facility and they didn't notice gas trickling out of the bobcat and they were welding nearby and one of the spark one of the sparks from the welder caught that gas and it it flamed up and the flames traveled up uh, bare insulation and that was that the whole entire building went up within 45 minutes 20 years of business and this guy was completely it was a complete loss now again he had insurance so insurance you know gave him some money 
But there's an interesting thing that happened when his business burned down. And this is what I really want to focus on here because job security is a myth when you really boil it down to its its base. Everyone at every level, owner, manager, employee, job security is a complete and utter myth. There is no job security. Things happen. Accidents happen. People die. People get hurt. Businesses burn down. But here's the interesting thing. I go to a church, and I grew up in this church, and I've since gone back to this church. And it is a Mennonite church. Okay, so a lot of people, when they hear the word Mennonite, they think Amish automatically. And Mennonites are not Amish at all, not even close. Now, there was a guy named Menno Simons, which is where we get the word Mennonite, um, way back in the Reformation, and he left the Catholic Church and began this movement where, yes, we are conservative, we're pretty conservative Christians, but the the Amish and the, and the Mennonite, they're kind of, People like to combine them together, but we're really not that close. Amish believe in works to get you to heaven. They believe that if you work hard enough, you can get to heaven. That is literally what the Amish believe. Okay? Mennonites believe in salvation. They believe in in, in all your, your, your general doctrines. Okay? So if you think about a Baptist, you're thinking about pretty much uh, a Mennonite. Okay? I mean, there there's some differences there, but by and large, we believe most of the same things. So this church, our church, rallied around this business owner. And this, this is the whole point that I'm getting at. Our community gathered around this business owner, and we came together. And we, the insurance company, the insurance money purchased all the new materials, but the community came together and the Amish community came together because we did have some employed Amish at the, at the facility. They brought hundreds of Amishmen. Our church was there. Some friends were there. And, of course, the employees of the business were there. And we took a weekend and put up a new building. Now, it took longer than a weekend to complete the whole build-out, obviously. But we had the structure up and the roof on in a weekend. The community came together. It wasn't the employees of this business. It wasn't the owner. It was the community around this person that made this happen. Because there would be very little way that they could sustain long enough as a business to get back up and running on their own. This business truly could have 
just closed up because of this fire. But because the community came around, around this individual, and everyone supported him at that time, he was able to continue his business. Now, I want you to think about this. As a solo business owner, I know a lot of other business owners in my area. I have a church family. I have friends around me. I have family around me. That is my community. If something happened to me, I am intentionally building those relationships so that if something does happen, yes, I still have insurance in place. I still have a lot of things in place, but I can go to those people and say, I am in need right now. I need help. I, you know, let's say I get injured on the job and, and again, I'm a solo operator. I can't work. Let's say I break a leg. I can't work. I would go to my community. I would ask, is there anyone that can help me out to help complete my work so that I can stay afloat and keep my business? And as the community, they would be absolutely willing and happy to do that as a community. When you build yourself a community around you, I'm not talking about social media community. That is fake. That is a fake community. All right. Whatever you think that is, that is not community. Community is people that you personally know. You communicate with them face to face on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. That is a community. If you can't rely on someone to come and help you out when you're on a job and in need, that is that person is not a part of your community. All right? The 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 lawn care community is what we call it on on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And that's all well and good, but that's a social media community. Those people aren't going to come to you and help you out in need. They're not. Very, very few and far between. In fact, most of them, if you get hurt, will drag your name through the mud because you are hurt and now they're just going to, because it's the nature of the beast, social media, they're just going to, they're going to pile on, you know, insult to injury. That's 90% of the people that you know on social media today. The other 10%, they like you, they know who you are, but they're in other states. They're hours away from you. They don't really know you. Okay? There are very few people in this world that really know you. So what I am saying here and proposing is that if you're in any size business at all, you need a community around you. You need a church community around you. 
I mean, that's just spiritual health in general, but you need a, a faith community around you. You need a friend community around you. It doesn't have to be big. You don't need 100 friends. You know, it used to be my goal on Facebook to get as many friends, quote, air quotes, friends, as I could possibly get. Those people weren't friends. They barely know my name. They see my face on YouTube or in pictures or whatever, but that's it. They don't know me. They don't know what I've been through in life. I haven't poured my heart out to them. I haven't, we haven't sat and cried together. We haven't gone through things together. That is a very, 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 one more, very shallow relationship. That is not a deep relationship. And when a little wind blows, that relationship is poof, it's gone. All right? Like a seed. If you plant, plant a seed too shallow, poof, it's gone. It, any, any trauma will just kill that plant. And so you need that community around you. It, you need to start focusing on what you can do to build that community today. Now, I'm going to say something that's really controversial here because I'm still on the mindset of a church community right now. There's other community that you can mix in this, but faith community, church community, if you are going to a mega church, mega church, in my opinion, is a thousand people or more, your community is basically a social media community. People don't know you. People don't care about you. People don't know your name. You are nameless and faceless in that church. Now, you might have a small group that you meet with, and that's great. I, I am all for that. If you are in a, a mega church, a large church, you got to have those small groups. And if that small group rallies around you, great. I, I am all for that. Don't get me wrong here. But in a church like mine, we have less than a hundred people, but they will drop everything if they can at all possible to help out someone else in our community at large or in our church. There has been so many times, so many instances where the church that I go to has done huge things for people in our community. And let me say something else, okay? Number one, if you don't know your church's budget, if you don't see those numbers, you're in the wrong church. Number two, if your church isn't spending the same amount of money on benevolence in the local community, helping people in need as they are spending on their expenses, you're in the wrong church. Because they don't care about people. They're not, they're not meeting people where they're at. 
the church that I go to, our benevolence fund is the same size as our expenses. Whatever money we are spending on ourselves, we spend on the community. And that could be that could be um, someone who lost a spouse and they need help paying bills. Here you go. Here's a check. Or if this is another situation that happened, we have a church camp out every year. There was a group that was there, was not with our group. They went out to the pond. They went swimming. And one of the dads of a family thought he was at the edge of a drop-off, but he wasn't. And he dove in. He broke his neck. Okay, we didn't know this guy from Adam. All right? You know, Adam and Eve. We didn't know them from Adam. He broke his neck. Thankfully, we have a doctor in our church, and his wife is a nurse. He ran over there, jumped in the water, got the guy turned over, braced his neck with his with his hands, kept him, you know, above the water. And his wife ran to the emergency phone and called the paramedics. The paramedics came. They just got him on a backboard and they had to call in Aeromed, which is a, a medical helicopter. And they airlifted him to a hospital. Okay? That's that's just the beginning of the story here, guys. So our community, our faith community, didn't know this guy from Adam, didn't even know his name. They lived in a very small house in a community that was about 45 minutes away from where our church is. And their house was not handicap accessible at all. So our church, in combination with getting volunteers from, again, the Amish, because we had a, a relationship with them because of the fire that happened with one of the church parishioners and my former employer. We were able to contact the Amish. We brought a large group of people together. We built this family. We tore down their house and built a new house within two weeks. And our church paid for what was remaining after um, all the insurances and stuff. That is community. That is, that is having a community around you. So if you're in a church that doesn't do that type of thing, that doesn't hear those kind of stories, or doesn't care about those kind of stories, then you're in the wrong church community. Yeah, they might have great music. They might have, you know, great speaking. Usually, in my experience, I've been to a lot of churches. In my experience, you either have a great speaker or great music, but you never have both. And if you do, then you have, you know, your, your church is going to be a, a huge church. But here's the thing. All their money gets spent on themselves. All the money that comes into the church gets spent on the church. 
when in reality, the church is supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. They are supposed to be the light in the community. And so if you can help them, if you can help those people, then you should do that. And I'm sorry for the train in the background, but I don't want to stop because I'm on this, I'm on this wavelength here. But there is so much that a church can do if you are part of that community. So you need to find a faith community, build that around you. Okay? Then you need your friend community. Your friends, see people that you know, that know you, that can come around you, rally around you, bring you meals, bring different things, help you out with your with your housework or your yard if you get injured. And I'm not saying this is something that I want to clarify. I'm not saying don't be prepared. Be prepared as you can. But if you want to be a solopreneur, if you want to work by yourself, this could happen. This scenario could take place. And so you need to be able to have people around you that can rally around you. And I'm not just talking about, you know, I mean, yes, this applies mainly to the so solopreneur but this as as the story earlier this can also be for any size business your community can rally around you and sure it's going to be tough it's going to be hard but your community will rally around you long enough so that you can get other things in place so that your business can either continue on or you can liquidate or you can close if you if you really need to, whatever. Whatever you and your family and your business partners or whoever decide what needs to be done. That's what you can do. But you need a community around you. Because your community is your strength. It's not your insurance. It's not your 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 401k or or, or your employees. Those things aren't aren't your strengths. They can help. They really can. But your community is really what is your bit, your backbone in your business. Because if something happens, they can rally around you. And, and that's, that's where my thinking has been on, on job security. Because when something tragic happens, like you break a leg or you break an arm, something tragic, you have that community. Now, I am a big proponent of, of finding others who do the same work that I do in my community, my local community. So I know a lot of local lawn care guys. Now, most of them I have never spoken to in person. But here's what I do do. If I get work that I can't take on, I am recommending all these people that I know to, to, to other clients that I can't take on, I send them their way. And what I am hoping is as time goes on and as they pick up more of these clients, they're going to say, oh yeah, I remember that. He sent me that client. That was really cool. Oh no, what happened? Oh, Aaron broke his leg. 
oh man, I wonder if there's anything I can do because I have helped them out. Well, yeah, there's something you could do. You could maybe take on a route and just do the work for me. You know, I can't really pay you for that, but if you could just help out, that would be awesome. Or, you know, I can pay you, you know, like a base rate or whatever to cover your expenses, but that's all I can do right now. I'm just trying to stay afloat. And people in your community, when they're willing to do that for you, that is your job security. That is where you really find out if you're secure or not. You have people that have your back. That is is what I have come to understand as job security. It's not it's not your employees because let's be honest, when when the tough get you know, when things get tough, the tough either get going or they quit. And which is, you know, they're not tough. And you know, some employees aren't going to want to deal with that. So, you know, this, this is just my thinking on job security. And maybe it doesn't make sense for you right now. Maybe you need to think about it more as well. And yes, you can have it. All the insurances, all that stuff. And again, insurance is a whole nother beast. If you don't have everything filled out just right, you know, they're going to try to do whatever they can to not have to pay out. So, you know, have your T's crossed and your I's dotted with insurance. But your biggest insurance is the community around you, the community that you build around you. And that is what I that is what I have come to to understand as true job security. And I'm so thankful that I grew up in the church that I did. I'm so thankful that I have the church that I have, that I still attend, because there is such an aspect of community within my faith community. If anything happens, people rally around you. My wife had surgery. uh, When was it? It was at the end of last year. And I was, you know, it was the end of the season. It was October, but I was, I was working pretty hard and the church community, we live 45 minutes from where we go to church. It's a long drive to get to church. That's one way. They rallied around us. People were bringing us meals. They were, you know, checking in on us to make sure everything was going okay. It was wonderful. And then we have some friend of our some friends of ours and I've talked about him on the podcast in the past uh Marshall he lives in our town here almost died of covid he was in a coma for 3 months and he rallied out of that but the community as a whole because people knew him he works or worked for the child care development center here in town he's taken care of a lot of people's kids we rallied around them, raised money, brought in food. We did whatever we could. We found them a car. We found them, we actually, you know, raised money for the car. They found the car. But the community rallied around them. 
because he, he couldn't work for the longest time. But they still were able to survive. And their family was able to survive because the community rallied around them. It wasn't because of insurance or anything like that. It was because the community rallied around them. Now, insurance helps, obviously. They, they give money. They, they do things like that. But it's the community that lifts the spirits of the people in need. It's the community that can meet those needs that insurance can't. And that, my friends, is where job security is found. It's found in the community. Not in your insurance, not in your employees, in the community. Guys, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I know I kind of repeated myself over and over and over there again, but and I do struggle with that sometimes. But you know what? Thanks for listening if you got this far. I really appreciate it. If you would, head over to Apple iTunes. Leave us a rating and review there. Five-star reviews. Uh, if you leave a review, I will read it on the air. I will shout you out and uh, and shout you up, and let's uh, let's create our own little our own little community here. It's not a real community per se, but we can we can grow an online community here, and uh, we can help each other maybe emotionally, maybe not physically, with hands and feet, but we can, you know. When things come up, we can be of an encouragement to one another through our words. So leave me a rating and review. I will read it on the air. But guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next episode.